Blog Talk Radio. everyone. I am so used to saying good afternoon that I had to pinch myself not to say good afternoon, but good morning today. I have a very, very special friend and guest with me today. Her name is, now I don't know if she's going to get a little mad at me or not, but I'm introducing her as Major Deirdre Burton. You know, Deidre, I never even knew for the longest that you were a major. You're so modest and so humble, but welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Zenobia. I was not expected to be introduced like that, but thank you very much. <laughs> but I know you weren't, <laughs> and we owe you so much. You know, I just want to mm. say thank you so very much for your service, I mean to see and to know that you have served over 30 years. Um, your country wow. is phenomenal to me. And uh, audience, she is also married to a military person. In fact, why don't you tell that story real quickly, Deidre? About yeah. First, let me say thank you. Um, it's been an honor to serve and you know, Zenobia, you, you were with me all the way on that last deployment. So thank you for walking with me through that. It was an honor. And next, <laughs> how I met my 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 Army sweetie. Uh, we were both we were both in the same reserve unit, and we were both deployed uh, for the first uh, Persian Gulf War back in the early nineties to Saudi Arabia, and we we were just friends and. I was looking back on some old pictures the other day, and I found quite a few where he was always hugging on me or, or around me in some kind of way. And I showed him those pictures. I said, you've been hugging on me for a long time. But <laughs> oh, well. We met in the military. <laughs> and, well, and the and rest we is history. <laughs> I said, and the rest yes. is history, isn't it? And the rest is history, yes. The rest is history. Yes. Uh, February 16th, it was 14 years for us, so God is good. I cannot believe you have been married for 14 years. It seems like your wedding was just yesterday. Yes. um, (laughs) Today we are looking at unmasking unfamiliar faces of homelessness, military women and their children. And um, I've asked Deidre to come and just talk to us a little bit. She has had... So much experience, as you can imagine, part of which she spent um, in the Persian Gulf War, um, part of which she spent, um, were you also, um, you were in Germany, I know you were in Germany, because that's where uh, you and I really, um, not that we became closer, but as you said, I walked through that a little bit with you. And um, yeah. and where else were you, Deidre? Yeah. Well, those were my uh, two, deploy- two deployments was to um, okay. Saudi Arabia for the first Persian Gulf War, Desert Storm. And then my second deployment was um, to Lonsville, Germany, in support uh, of OEF and OIF. So I was able okay. to um, dodge a deployment 
um, bullets for a long time in between the two uh, wars, but, um, I've, you know, been on different short-term assignments for the reserves. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, the other thing about Deidre is she is a counselor, and um, she loves women. In fact, she is, I know she has one um, um, mission, uh, three, uh, 501c3 currently, and she's working on another, um, trying to connect women um, in various ways, and specifically to God and to each other. Now, Deidre, let's begin by defining homelessness. In our conversation leading up to today's show, you said something um, about it that I I think I kind of knew in the back of my head, but it just really brought it front and center. So give us your perspective, definition, whatever you want on homelessness. Yes, okay. Well, I wanted to make sure that I I captured a very good and solid definition of what homeless is. So what I did is I went to the National Health Care for Homeless Council to their website, for the Homeless Council to their website, and this is the definition um, that they provided on their website. And it says an individual who lacks housing without regard to whether the individual is a member of a family, including an individual whose primary residence during the night is a supervised public or private facility that provides living accommodations and an individual who is a resident in transitional housing. A homeless person is an individual without permanent housing who may may live on the street, stay in a shelter, a mission, a single-room occupancy, excuse me, single-room occupancy facilities, abandoned buildings or vehicles, or in any other unstable or non-permanent situation. So you may have heard of people couch surfing, meaning that they're moving from place to place or resident residence or friend's house or, as the definition gave here, shelter, and that's basically what homeless is. They don't have a permanent residence. They don't have a permanent address, but they just move around. They move around. And their, their, the couch surfing could include their car, or if they don't have a yes. car, it could include uh, an abandoned building here. So basically um, homelessness, is a person without a, a permanent residence, and they just basically couch surf, if you will. And with looking at women, that includes children as well. Yes. Well, you know, and that's the part of the definition that, that got me, that just hit me in my heart the other day, was the fact that, you know, we many times think of homelessness when we see people on the street and they appear to be homeless. We consider that as homelessness, or we know that someone's in a shelter, or we know people are in shelters or missions. We consider that homelessness. But what struck me was the fact that I could be without a permanent home, and I could be living with a relative or a friend. Yeah. I'm moving yeah. about, or maybe I'm not even moving about, but I'm living with you, okay? Yeah. I'm living with you and your husband, and um, that is not my permanent residence, so I'm homeless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's um for me. I mean, maybe I'm naive or something, but I'm wondering if there are others like me who may not have thought of it in that close of a situation before. And maybe yeah. when we think of it in that in that context, 
as well as what we might consider the broader context, that might help us to be even more sensitive to those who we uh, uh, imagine as homeless in, in, in the, I don't know if I should say the greater view, but, you know, maybe the more obvious view that we would be more yeah. sensitive to people, you know. Because in in a minute, in a minute, it really could be one of us. Absolutely, absolutely. And how often, I mean, when you when you tell the truth about it, how often, you know, if you're in the situation, do you tell people, well, I'm homeless, I'm just staying with my friend for now, or I'm staying at this shelter for now. That's information that, that we don't share because there's an element of shame connected with that. Yes. And um, we need to we need to evolve, and there's, there is no shame. I mean, you know, people don't go out to seek to not have work so that they can provide, you know, the right. needs they and their families have. I remember when I was a substitute teacher in one of the richest counties in uh, Virginia, I was, again, naive, yeah. shocked at yeah. the at the percentage of students that were homeless. When they yeah. revealed yeah. to me, in the, when the permanent teachers revealed to me the statistics, I mean, right in the classroom where I was, these were um, first graders. First graders mm-hmm. and half, I mean half of that class was yeah. homeless. And yes. this yes. school will forever, forever be etched in my memory because the teachers were, um, now the lunch program would bring um, breakfast and snacks and all of that, and these kids would just gobble it up because they knew when they went home, home being the car, the library, right. they would not have yes. any food. And these yes, teachers the band yes. together in addition to um, uh, what the government provided, they of their own resources would bring food so that they could make bags of food. And they were perishable, but still there was food. Bags of yes. food for those kids to take home for the weekend. Yeah. I was yes. amazed. Yes. I mean, it just opened my mind to a whole different element of our society. And when we're thinking about, go ahead, Deirdre, you jump right in. And I I think that's a shock for us because we come to the table with, um, and not just you but me and and probably some some of our other listeners as well, we come to the table with a preconceived notion of what a homeless person looks like. And a woman or a child uh, doesn't fit that persona that we have in our our mind. It just doesn't fit. No, it doesn't. we are are bombarded with reality that, yes, our babies are homeless and our mothers are homeless. That's just like, what? Yes, it was. And the the kids, they they came, they they wanted to learn, you know, and I was thinking, my goodness, you're doing homework in the car? And, you know, I, I know that some of them had a pattern where they would go to the library until the library closed and, it was just it was just a whole new awakening for me. And you know, even when we talked about you coming on today, I didn't I had forgotten all about that. Not forgotten, obviously I didn't forget, but 
it was not in my mind, and now it's bringing it. It's it's just closing in on me, and I, I'm 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 being a little emotional here because I'm just remembering some of the students. But um, oh yeah, behind oh, yeah. the children, there's a need there too. Yes, behind those children, there is a parent or two, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. how many of them were were uh, not were are veterans even. Um, when yeah. I look at the um, National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. Uh, what jumped out at me, what I learned from that uh, website, is that in the the latest statistics back to 2010 that they had, the homeless population had doubled in just four years. So from 2006 yeah. to 2010, not the homeless population, the homeless female mm-hmm. veteran population, that's what I really want to say, Doubled in yes. just four years. So now, from from I'm asking, from 2010 to th- 2016, has it again doubled or has it tripled? You know, I don't and, know. Yes, yes, and it is going to continue to double and triple and probably even more as veterans are coming home, um, as the military expands and more. Because we're in a, um, you know, a volunteer military uh, season right now. So as more and more women are opting to uh, go the avenue of, a mili- of the military for a career or like myself being in the reserves or the National Guard, those figures, they are going to, they are going to increase. Yes, um, yes. I found uh, something here, and this was, uh, this was a report actually from Syracuse University, the Institute for Veterans and Mil- Military Families, and I thought that this was interesting to go along kind of with the, with the statistics that you gave. It says, for women veterans, the risk of homelessness is highest among the age of 18 to 29 year age group. No. And the risk wow. declines, yes, as age increases. So that's a now, pretty significant that, time in a, in a person's life, 18 to yes. 29. Yes. I guess we don't have time today to dig into why that would be, but maybe at another show, maybe that would be something that we would um, approach as well. But that's horrifying, isn't it? It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, now, yes. as a and then let me share this I, with you. Okay, go ahead. And then let me share this with you. And this is, women, women veterans are four times more likely to become homeless than their civilian counterparts. So there's another piece of the puzzle. Four <laughs> times. Four times than their civilian counterparts. Now, these are women who have served the country, and they come back, and they're homeless. Yes. And if they have children, our women and our men, but we're talking about the women today, and four times higher. Yes. And and, and we know that, unfortunately, women um, are called upon to do so many different tasks, and one is many times to be the head of the home. So we Being have the head of the home, absolutely. So four times greater, and how many? Yes, and that's of that four Two times generations. greater is the head of the home, and um, yes. and they have to worry now to, about making a decision of going public and b- being at the threat of or having the threat of their children taken from them because absolutely. Because, you know, the assumption is that they are, the children are at risk, and of course they are, but so is the vet. So is the vet, or so mm-hmm. is the, it's the non-vet. They're at risk, too, but 
we're we, we're breaking up families, you know. So I know, as if for me, I wouldn't want to reveal that that was my situation to cause me to lose my children. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's a, you know the the family, you know, it's a system. So whatever affects one part of that system, it it, it trickles down, you know. So if, if mom is worried about, I mean, not just food and not just clothing, but where are we yes. going to sleep at tonight? That's right. You know. And then keeping that, carrying that secret, you know, if you will, mm-hmm. and you got to show up at school or wherever you are, you know, and act as if everything's fine and normal, and it's not. In That's your right. It's not. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then if you don't have a sensitive uh, staff, teachers and administrators, then yeah. the, this child is acting out, or this child is not the student is not. Um, doing homework adequately, and we attack them, you know. And yeah, we have, yeah. so you have to have super extra sensitivity. And it had that not happened to me, the situation I described earlier, I mm-hmm. never yeah. would have had the sensitivity towards some of the students that I developed because of it, you know. Yeah. Now, I know yeah. we are... Um, we're a little beyond our um, agreed time, but I do want you to talk to us as a counselor for a moment. Let's um, look at Lieutenant Sarah Kay. Lieutenant Kay served in Afghanistan for three years, and immediately after that three years, she uh, served a tour in Iraq. So now she is home in Indianapolis, and she finds she didn't know before she returned that her husband abandoned their three children while she was gone away on deployment and left them with his cousin. Although Sarah has attempted to find work and housing, she's come up empty, Deidre, except for a job here and there. And now her cousin-in-law has asked her and the children to leave. The children who attend school are in grades 2, 3, and 5, very similar to the situation we were describing earlier. Yeah. How would you, yeah. how would you um, respond to this if you met, if you met Sarah Kay, Lieutenant yeah. Kay? This is, this is loaded. <laughs> this is loaded. I think first of all, or for for Lieutenant K, I would I would look to meet those physical needs first of all. Um, this is a mom and her family who needs stable housing. So I would walk with her, and we would go to the Indianapolis Vet Centers, or we would go to the Hoosier Veteran Assistance Foundation, or even to the VA. The okay. VA has a, a helpline for the homeless, um, and try to get this this um, Lieutenant stable housing so that her and her family have some sense of safety and some sense of security, even if it's even if it's just temporary, but just just give them a little bit of peace, you know, just for a little while and then we could, you know, work on some long term goals as far as housing and so forth. But, but to get them out of that transitional mix, uh, or that that's you know, where they can be stable in one place. And then yeah. I think I would also make sure that they have food. Need to again meet those physical needs first. Make sure that they have yeah. food and the children have clothes, you know, and that they're taken care of in that respect. Then secondly, I would move to what are the the mental health needs, and that's where I would come in as a counselor um, or a coach 
and and help to address those those mental health needs. Um, you never know what kind of stories she just came off deployment. You don't know what kind of story she's coming back, what kind of uh, horrific experience that she may have had that she's bringing back with her that she's harboring her heart that she needs some kind of way to get out and process and uh, you know get the meaning from it and, and let it go and move on with her life. So then I think that would be the next thing that I would do. That, that those are both um, very very well advised, and you know you mentioned you we don't know, or you as the coach counselor doesn't know what she's bringing back with her, and then couple that with the fact mm-hmm. that she's lost her husband, that he abandoned yeah. her children, their children. Yeah, I mean that's a yeah. lot to wrap your mind around. Even if you oh came God, back yeah. and you were balanced, you know that's just. That's just a whole lot to wrap your mind around. And then the children, the children knowing that their dad left them, just left them and disappeared. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then let me throw this in there. Because she's been a a service member, that's one identity. That that is a, a different identity from the one that she has to try to figure out, who am I now when she comes back? Yeah. She knows she has to be the head of the house now because her hubby's no yeah. longer there. She knows she's a single parent. But still, for a woman, who am I now? So Not only who is. am I, but who am mm-hmm. I, and then my, my the, the the country I served has has let me down. I'm homeless. Has let me I'm down. Homeless. I'm homeless. I can't even get work, and I went and I served. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I served yeah. this country. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would, I would walk with her um, through these resources again, to leave no stone unturned, to get her, again, housing, to make sure that, the, again, those physical needs are met. Um, then as a counselor and um, as part of the new, new nonprofit organization that I'm in the process of starting, Sister Warrior, I would, again, try to meet those counseling needs or those coaching needs um, or even those mentoring needs uh, for, this, for this young lady uh, and her children. And then definitely not last, but I think this is the foundational thing of what we do as, as as healers and helpers. I would definitely be praying for this lady. You know, as the opportunity came up, I would I would definitely um, want to have a conversation about her faith and, and just see where she is with that. Excellent, excellent. And as you say, and I, we we're not all counselors and coaches, but we all can do something. And mm-hmm. if yeah. we were to encounter someone who would reach out to us, we could certainly do some of the things that you have talked about, and we could help them to at least make an effort to help them to find um, housing, make an effort yeah. to um, have them fed and clothed, even if it meant you know, using some of our own resources, but... There are yeah. shelters, women's shelters in most communities. I know they're not yeah. in all communities, but they're, they are yeah. in most communities. And if yeah. you are in a community where there is not a specific women's shelter, I would start by at least asking for assistance from um, a men's shelter, you know, to see if yeah. they could provide some um, advice on where you ought to go. Um Yeah. And 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 I'll what else you. can we do? I know that you know the adage when you the, the, the motto when you see something do something, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and also not only when we see something do something, uh, Deidre, but it wouldn't hurt to go looking for it either. You know, I mean, if we went to these right. shelters, 
even without knowing someone, someone coming to us specifically face-to-face, we could go to the shelters and lend assistance. We could go and see what the need might be. You know, how can I help? You know, it may be that yeah, they need absolutely. Maybe that they need blankets. I mean, we don't know, but we can go and we can find out. And what else would you add to that part? Um, well, just to, just to add to what you're saying, the, the, the need is always great. So I'm sure whatever, you know, people can donate would be appreciated. But with, back to the shelters, um, one thing I think is always good to do is um, to have that list ready because you just never know. You just never know. It may not even be a military person. It may be your best friend who may come to you and, and, and tell you the truth and, t- and tell you that I'm homeless, I have children and so forth. So, so look on the internet. Do a search now for shelters, yes. and I would specifically look for shelters for women, and also shelters that accept women and children, because not all not all of them will accept the children. So you want to uh, be mindful of which ones will accept the women and the children. Yes. The other thing, back to the homeless female veteran, uh, VA.gov uh, homeless. Or the number the hotline is one eight seven seven four two four three eight three eight. They have trained counselors or trained responders who know how to respond and can give information and, and guidance in the situations when you're dealing with um, helpless, not just female veterans, but helpless veterans in general. And also, again, the uh, Hoosier Veterans Assistance Foundation. Now, I have been to one of their facilities here in Indianapolis, and I can say that it is very much um, male, uh, what do I want to say? Dominated. Oriented. Dominated, yes. So, again, you have to do homework, you know, ahead of time. And it doesn't hurt to touch bases with these places and just to see maybe do they have a a, um, you know, specific housing for females. Um, and I'm sure that they do because, again, more and more females are coming back off active duties and they're finding themselves homeless. And also another uh, resource would be the vet centers, um, and those are, most states have vet centers. And then if you're in the Indianapolis area, you can always look me up. I would be happy to walk alongside a female veteran and help out in this area, again, doing my best to meet the um, physical needs, but then also meeting the counseling uh, needs as well. And please give the name of your um, yes. counseling and your okay. uh, and uh, the number, the contact number. Yes, yes. So my counseling practice is Living Well Journey, and I can be reached at area code three one seven five two zero one one five three. Again, that's area code three one seven five two zero one one five three. Uh, people can email me at L, as in Larry, W, T, as in Tom, zero eight at live, L I V as in Victor, E as in Echo, dot com, and my website address is livingwelljourney.com. So that's three ways you can contact me. That's wonderful. And you said if they're in the Indianapolis area, but I know you, if someone needs some referrals or maybe they didn't quite get what you said um, with some of the numbers, uh, they could contact you as well. Yes, ma'am, they will, and I'll I'll help them out as best I can. Yes. I know you will. And on that note, we're going to end this segment, but I do want you to come back and tell our 
our listeners what some of the other areas we had talked about addressing in, in future uh, podcasts. Yes, yes. In the future, uh, I, I'm excited to come back, and we're going to be having a, other conversations about military sexual assault for women, um, and also also for men, too, um, but it's more um, talked about for women and uh, what's, what's been uh, the outcome on some of those cases. So that will be an interesting conversation. And also women and PTSD. Uh, we think that that's just something that men have. But, again, women are serving, and we're coming back with PTSD as well. Well, I thank you, Major Burton. <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, we're going to thank say you, good Lady <laughs> Oh, dear, there you go. <laughs> Deidre calls me Lady Z, everybody, and uh, she makes me laugh every time she does. But it is a term of endearment that I truly appreciate. Yes, it is. And I appreciate you. So on that note, I'm going to say, we're going to say goodbye for now. All right. And thank you and so much for being here. Yes, thank you. Looking forward to next time. Excellent. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 